Dr. Walter Aka. So I'm actually doing this podcast by myself today. And you may be wondering why. Well, it's Mother's Day. Dr. Kradok is busy. You know, he's he's taking his wife out, having a good time, enjoying it. He has two daughters he has to take care of. I just finished my day. You know, uh, hopefully my wife enjoyed it. Um, it was Mother's Day, of course. But the funny thing was, it was also my birthday. And, you know, from my point of view, I look at it like this. My birthday happens to be May 12th. Mother's Day, May 12th. Four times in my life, I've had my birthday fall exactly on Mother's Day. And a lot of people go, man, that kind of sucks. So what did you do? I mean, you can't do much of anything. Because in the end, it's Mother's Day. You look like a jerk if you think that you're more important than mothers out there, right? But here's my counter argument. Without me, my mom wouldn't be a mother. So technically, I came first. Without a kid, you can't have Mother's Day or celebrate Mother's Day or be a mother. So then I said to my mother, I said, you know, you're welcome. Not only are you welcome for making you a mother, because without me, you wouldn't be a mother. I also am able to celebrate the wonderful person you are, the ability for you to give up and sacrifice a lot. Because, I, I mean, trust me when I say this, mothers sacrifice a lot. Fathers, eh, we're okay. But mothers sacrifice a lot. So today, I got to celebrate my wife and my mother and all the other mothers out there. But I felt some kind of way because I, felt to myself, I thought to myself, no one's going to remember. And it's funny because a few years passed when it actually fell on Mother's Day, my birthday. My family actually forgot it was my birthday until the next day, Monday. My dad decides to get me a cake. It was a, I mean, it was literally like the bottom of the barrel kind of cake. And he decides to have the nerve to be like, oh, hey, uh, happy birthday. Hey, we didn't forget. And I'm thinking to myself, well, like I really, I would rather just you not say anything. I'd rather you just ignore the fact that it was my birthday and just move on. We'll, we'll try this again next year. But to go and get some sad looking cake with, I think it was like one candle. Okay. And then act like, oh, you're doing me a solid. No. Okay. But it is what it is. I digress. I'm not going to get upset about it anymore. I'm not hurt still, even though this happened when I was 16. It is what it is. I move on my life 20 years later, 21 years later. I'm still a little upset, but it's all good though. Happy birthday to myself. Thank you. I appreciate it, Walter. You're welcome, Walter. Anyway, so today, what I'm going to do is I'm going to break down and just kind of have a little bit of fun because honestly, I can't have anybody correct me anyway. So I can just say whatever I want and you can go check it, fact check it, but you know, it is what it is. I'm just going to enjoy this podcast by myself. And if you have any questions or any issues, you can go ahead and um, email me. I won't read it. I'll probably delete it, but no, I'm just kidding. Email me. But this, I think, should be fun because I gathered a lot of um, a lot of questions that people had asked us, you know. And I basically put it together and said, okay, cool. How can I make this enjoyable? How can I make this fun? How can I, you know, just give you some little things that I know, okay? So we're going to start off with the word halitosis and where it all came from, okay? So remember this now. So back in, I mean, Listerine, the company, the, the actual product, okay, was created in 1880s, right? And it wasn't until 1920s when they actually 
started selling directly and specifically to dentists. And the story goes like this. Listerine was one of those things where it was a product that was kind of used for everything. Okay, It was used for foot cleaning. So if you had some issues with your feet, you go ahead and use Listerine. It would have, uh, you could use it for the floor. You could scrub your floors with it. And here's the best part about it. You can actually treat gonorrhea. So imagine the Listerine that you use now, treating gonorrhea with that. So not only do you have fresh breath, but you also get rid of your gonorrhea, right? All the issues down there. You, you cleared it up. Congratulations. One bottle, one solution. But they realized that not everybody really cared nor wanted to do all this, right? You weren't going to sit here and use it for your floor and then all of a sudden turn around and, and swish in your mouth with it. So this company created this advertisement that actually worked really well. They went back to the Latin Greek roots and used halo or halitosis, right? And created halitosis. They were the ones that actually pioneered the word halitosis in the sense that they used the vanity of people. And this is not just a new age thing. This is not the, you know, the Instagram era now. We're all vain. No, we've been vain for a long time. So in the 1920s, they, they actually used and campaigned directly to patients and people and dentists and said, hey, you're a good person. You're a good looking person. Your friends like you. And this is an advertisement. Your friends like you. But after a while, they're not going to like the fact that you have bad breath or halitosis. If you have Listerine and use Listerine, your halitosis will be gone. So they made this word, okay, and made it into a medical term. So they, I mean, it was one of the most ingenious um, marketing schemes out there. I mean, ever. Okay. To the point where they actually quadrupled their sales in one year, just based on advertisement. It's kind of, it's kind of like the, um, the subway's $6 foot longs. You know how you always, $6 foot long, and you think about that, and it rings in, it rings in, and all of a sudden now, that's all you can associate subway with, right? $6 foot longs. That's how halitosis was. It was oh my God, you have halitosis. Mind you, people weren't even using that phrase or that word at all until Listerine created it and made it something that people who were upper echelon needed to know, hey, does your breast stink? That's what we say now. But back then, they were like, do you have halitosis? If you do, Listerine can cure halitosis. Now you know a little bit about um, the, the history of halitosis and how Listerine basically pioneered and made a lot of money off of just using fake words. And you can honestly say to this day we're still using fake words or we're creating words to mean certain things. But I hope you enjoyed that little history lesson. What I'm going to do is I'm just going to go straight through and ask, answer some of these uh, key questions that we keep getting. Um, so we'll start off with how can I improve whitening my teeth, right? Everybody always wants to whiten their teeth. And so you got to understand that there are two factors. There's two things, okay? You have intrinsic and extrinsic stain. Intrinsic stain, basically stain from within. Whenever you, you know, you injure your tooth, it turns a different color, it turns a dark color. Or if you use, if you have too much fluoride in your water, it darkens it from the inside, okay? So the key is that intrinsic is from the inside. And the only way you can really get rid of that stain is from a professional standpoint root canals where they basically whiten from the inside out. You can get veneers, you can get composite, okay? So that's how you take care of intrinsic stains. Extrinsic stains are caused by coffee, 
sodas, you know, things like that. Things that just discolored tobacco, wine. I'm sorry for you wine lovers out there. Pigmented foods, you know, plums and stuff like that. They cause extrinsic stains. And the way to get rid of that is really easy. Brushing your teeth with any kind of um, uh, whitening agent in there, okay? Uh, and don't forget, so the professional and the non-professional whitening uh, kits that they, they have, the difference between them is just the amount acid. The, the higher the concentration of acid, the faster and more powerful it is. So if you go into, you know, CVS, Rite Aid Eckerts, people up north, I mean, you can go anywhere where you can get toothpaste and you'll be able to find some whitening kits, right? But if you really want to do it faster, you're going to need to go to your dentist and get that taken care of, okay? But don't forget the ones that actually have the increased level of acid could also lead to teeth sensitivity. So I always tell my patients, and I recommend this for everybody, after you go ahead and get your teeth whitened with Zoom or Boom or Doom, whatever they want to call it nowadays, after you do that, get some Sensodyne or, or any kind of um, toothpaste to help you with your sensitivity, desensitizing toothpaste. You know, you got um, Prevident 5000, you have MI Paste. Any of those can help with desensitizing those teeth after you basically opened up your tubules and, and filled it with a bunch of acid. Okay, so don't forget, that's what you're doing when you whiten it. You're using the acid to basically bleach it and whiten it and make it and get rid of that extrinsic stain. Remember, intrinsic stains, you're going to need veneers, you're going to need crowns, you're going to need um, composite, even root canal, and, and, and uh, you're going to actually need to whiten from within. Extrinsic, you can just go ahead and use that. And everybody talks about charcoal, does it really work? It's garbage. I'm going to say it is garbage. But not everybody, not everybody agrees with me. You're really, all you're doing is just like using pumice. I'm not sure if anybody knows what pumice is, but you're just basically scraping the crap out of the teeth, okay? You're not doing anything special. Some of them might have some acid in there that will, you know, whiten chemically, but in, in the end, you're just basically pumicing your teeth. That's all you're doing, okay? There's nothing that exciting about it. I, I mean, if you want, I can give you some charcoal, take your money, and call it a day. I'll be rich. But you're just going to be sitting there looking at me thinking, man, I just wasted a lot of money. Damn right you did. Okay? You did. You wasted a lot of money. But if, if you know one of your influencers on Instagram thinks it's cool and you want to do it, go right ahead. You just call me up. I'll give you charcoal. I'll take your money. We call it a day. All right? Next one. How often should I get a dental checkup? So the ADA basically says you should do it twice a year. Your insurance tells you you should do it twice a year. But let's not forget that everybody's different. If you have periodontal disease, you should get your teeth checked out at least four times a year. Why? Because the bacteria, just like with anything, right, any kind of disease, you have something that's prolonged heart disease, right? You got to get checked up more often than someone who doesn't have heart disease or have any issues with their heart, right? So you have to go in if you have a problem. You don't just wait and say, oh, well, my insurance is only going to cover two twice a year, so I'm only going to go twice a year. Well, if your insurance says, you know what, I, I want you to eat junk food and, and not exercise, is that what you're going to do? No, right? Not Your insurance is not going to benefit you all the time. Let's be real. Your insurance is not going to benefit you all the time. They could care less about you. They just talk about their bottom line, and that's it. How profitable are we going to be? Because we need to make sure that the stockholders are paid. They're not going to sit here and say, well, I hope Mr. John Smith is okay with what we're giving them. 
Because honestly, and I think we've gone over this, if you want to go back, you can look at the insurance, the dental insurance, and we'll talk about how much insurance has actually increased with time. And you'll see that the benefits that people were getting in the 70s is the same benefit they're getting now, $1,500. Some are only $1,000. And crowns, one crown can sometimes cost $1,000. So you got to understand that the insurance is not looking out for you. Okay? So yeah, they say, yeah, go twice a year, but please... Go when you have an issue. Go multiple times. If someone tells you you need to come in multiple times, make sure that it's correct. Get a second opinion, yes. But go in. If you have gum disease, periodontal disease, you got to go at least four times a year. You understand me now? Okay, good. So hopefully that answered that question. What are the best ways to practice good oral hygiene? It's funny to say this, but literally brush your teeth. If I had to choose between brushing in the morning and at night, and this sounds disgusting, but if you had to pick one, pick the nighttime. Why? Because whenever you go to sleep, you actually suppress the amount of saliva you produce in your mouth. So the bacteria in your mouth, by the time you wake up, has actually doubled. Okay? Because dry mouth equals freedom. Okay? So that's what you're going to get into. So if you had a chance to lower the amount of bacteria in your mouth before you go to bed so that when you wake up, you don't have as much. Your saliva reduces. Your mouth is open. You know you drool. Let's not pretend you don't. Okay? You have all this stuff happening to you. Okay? So let's go ahead. If you had to pick one, pick the nighttime to brush and floss. Ideally, you want to brush in the morning and at night. Okay? Good oral hygiene involves brushing. I don't care what toothbrush you use, by the way. Okay, this is all gimmick, okay? Oh, use electric toothbrush. There is no research that says electric toothbrush is better than a manual toothbrush when it comes to proper oral hygiene. Now, if you don't know how to do your, if you don't know how to brush your teeth properly, like my daughter, for example, she's two years old, I bought her an electric toothbrush because she's not that good with brushing her teeth just yet. So I know that electric toothbrush is going to help her get that motion and that cleaning in there, okay? But for right now, I'm telling you this. If you are not incompetent, and if you want to watch how to brush your teeth properly, go on to YouTube. You'll be able to do it, okay? I know you're an adult. You can do this, okay? But you're supposed to brush for two minutes. If you, are, if you have periodontal disease, do it for four minutes. 30, quad, 30 seconds in each quadrant, front and back. 30 seconds each quadrant, front and back, for four minutes, okay? But if you do it, you just brush for two minutes. You use a regular toothbrush. I don't care. Don't You don't have to go buy these extra fancy toothbrush that costs like $200. You don't have to do all of that. You can use a regular toothbrush. You can use an electric toothbrush. I don't care. Just make sure that you use it. That's the key. A lot of people don't realize that using it is actually the key to success. So let's go ahead and do that, all right? Next option here, okay? Next question, I should say. Why should I have dental x-rays taken? Why shouldn't you? Okay, so now we've gotten to the point where digital x-rays admit as much radiation as you taking a flight from New York to Cali. That's a, as much radiation as, you, as you'll get in a full mouth x-ray, okay? Because dental x-rays have, we basically use electric, I'm um, sorry, um, electronic x-rays. So now we're not emitting as much as we used to back in the day when it was just, you take a picture and then you go develop it in an x-ray room and all that. We don't do that anymore. I did it when I was in dental school. I had to, okay? That was before my school transferred over to electric, uh, electronic uh, x-ray, okay? So again, we don't have that much uh, radiation admitted, okay? So please, stop fighting people. You're not that important. You can walk outside 
and get as much radiation as you are getting one x-ray. So stop fighting this. We're not trying to over-radiate you. We don't even like taking x-rays of people sometimes. But we have to. If you tell us that your tooth is hurting you, I can't sit there. I'm not Superman. I'm not going to just go ahead and use x-ray vision. Hone in on that area and be like, oh, okay, I see. You're going to need a root canal. How did I know that? Well, I used my x-ray vision. That doesn't work that way, okay? We have to take an x-ray so we can diagnose you properly. If somebody looks at you and says you need a root canal without any extra or any additional diagnostic tool, get up, say thank you, and walk the hell out because you're about to get ripped off. You got me? So yes, we take x-rays when we have to. We don't take x-rays because we want to, okay? And they actually say that um, for best results, if you want to really talk about it, the ADA will tell you that you should get, um, you know, uh, at least bite wings every year to make sure that you don't have any cavities or any issues with your teeth. So again, that's up to you, okay? How do I prevent tooth decay, gingivitis, and other problems? How do you prevent it? How do you prevent anything, right? You prevent it by finding out what the problem is and then resolving it, okay? If I'm going, if how do I prevent obesity? I get out there, watch my diet, exercise, and make sure that I, I stay active. How do you prevent any decay? You find out what the problem is. Sugar, candy, high fructose materials, right? Not brushing, flossing at night. You prevent it by doing all those things, cutting back on your sugar, cutting back on your you know, juices and stuff like that. That goes for kids too. Cut back on that. Give them water. Water is not poisonous. There's a lot of parents who are rather, oh, my, 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 my little Johnny loves having apple juice. Oh, it's so healthy, right? Apple juice is healthy. Y yes, apple juice, apples are healthy. Apple juice is not healthy. Okay, you don't give your kid apple juice all day and say, oh, well, at least he's being healthy. That's not, that's not how it works. Give him, a, give him an apple. That's healthy. Okay, so please stop telling me that, oh, well, at least I'm giving them, you know, orange juice. It's, 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 it's 100% orange juice. Yes, yes, but yeah, that cavity is also going to be 100% in that kid's mouth. Okay, so cut back on the sugar. Make sure that we drink plenty of fluids. Water, okay, make sure you brush properly. And here's something, just a little fun fact. The bacteria that causes decay is different than the bacteria that causes gum disease. Let me say that again. Bacteria that causes decay is different than bacteria that causes gum disease. Completely different. And sometimes, I mean, a lot of dentists, and I'm going to put it out there. You guys should probably catch this. People that have gum disease hardly ever have decay. It's very interesting because bacteria, the way they work is you really can't have two bacteria, you know, in the same, in the same area. It's kind of like you can't, you know, it's, it's, it would be stupid for you to have two, two uh, uh, young ladies or two guys. It's almost impossible to have them all in the same room and think that everything's going to work out okay. No, one of them's going to die. And that's exactly how bacteria work. One of them over overpowers the other bacteria, and then the one that overpowers ends up taking over. So either you're going to mostly get back, uh, periodontal disease, or you're going to get a lot of cavities. But you hardly get both. But there are some situations where people have both, right? There's a bunch of calculus underneath your gum. Your body says, hey, there's calculus here. I don't want to be anywhere near it. So then your body starts resorbing and moving the bone down because it doesn't want to take up the calculus. The calculus is full of bacteria. Bacteria loves your body to use it for nutrients and substance and just basically overall happiness. 
And your body doesn't want that, so it starts absorbing away from that calculus. Okay, so yes, can you have bacteria, you know, periodontal disease and a lot of broken down teeth? Yes, absolutely. But most of the time, bacteria, the way they work is one, two bacteria being in the same room is just not going to work out. One of them is going to have to go. Okay, so that's just a little fun fact. Okay, so again, the way to prevent any kind of back, you know, gum disease or breakdown of your teeth with, with caries is to basically find out what's causing it and get rid of it. And one thing that people have to understand is you can actually take like almost like a DNA testing of the bacteria that's in your mouth and find out what's high level of, right? So if you have, have, have a high level of the bacteria that causes periodontal disease, now you know that you have to treat for that. And if you have the bacteria that causes decay, you know you have to treat for that and be more cognizant of that, be more aware of that, okay? So the, there's a lot of ways to basically find out what's going on. Okay, but in the end, no matter what you do, if you don't know, brush, floss, diet, remember this. Okay, I'm not saying this just to be funny, I'm saying this to basically help you guys. There are some people that have issues, you know, um, where, you know, they have a hard time brushing and flossing, right? Or rheumatoid arthritis. If you have any kind of arthritis, you have a hard time, but then that's where the electric toothbrushes come in handy, right? So you can actually adapt your your movement to that and help you with the brushing and flossing. You want to keep going? I'm going to keep going. I mean, no one's going to tell me not to go anyway because eh, I'm by myself. What is tooth sensitivity and why do I have it? Okay, let's look into it. So tooth sensitivity, basically, you, you're, you, know, you drink anything hot or cold and it hurts. And you find out what's going on. Hey, my tooth hurts every time I drink hot or cold. Okay, and what causes it? Recession. Gum receiving, receiving gums, okay? Tooth grinding at night. When you're grinding your teeth, you're basically flexing the, that, that tooth, which is then going to cause some breakage, which is then going to cause some recession, which is then going to cause your, uh, your, your tubes. So you have these little tubes, okay? When you, move, when you have recession, you're going to have the root surface. The root surface has tiny little pores, and within those pores, there are little nerves that stick out, okay? And whenever you have sensitivity to tooth, it's because those pores have exposed the nerves. And the nerves are basically sticking out there. So any kind of movement with fluid or anything is going to shock those nerves and you're going to have tooth sensitivity. Okay? That's a simplified version. So what do we do? We basically tell somebody, hey, why don't you use a desensitizing toothpaste? And that what that's going to do is hopefully cover those pores. Okay? And so again, we talked about what causes it, right? We're talking about recession of gum, grinding your teeth, chipping or fracturing the tooth. Uh, tooth whitening, I mentioned that earlier. Orthodontic or fillings, right? So if you have a filling in that area, you've, again, you've opened the pores up, right? Because whenever you have, whenever you do a filling, you have to acid etch before you can put that composite or, or, or tooth color filling on there. You have to acid etch. So basically, you have to take care of and remove that top of the, uh, the, the, the tube, which then exposes the nerve ending, right? So that can cause sensitivity. Then on top of that, you have braces. Whenever you put braces on, you have to do the exact same thing. You have to acid etch the tooth in order to be able to bond the brackets on there. That again opens the tubes, causes uh, sensitivity. Okay, so once we figure out what causes the problem, we can solve it. One thing that people don't realize is you have a periodontist, that's me, or anybody that is a periodontist or gum, you know, surgeon or whatever. I mean, general dentists can do the same thing. 
but they need to be trained. Okay, so we'll talk about that another time. But if you have somebody that can actually fix recession, okay, you can fix recession by bringing the gums up and covering your roots again. Once you do that, you are not going to have the roots being exposed to all the chemicals and everything in your mouth, which then will not, which then will not cause the nerve endings to be shocked, which then will not cause the sensitivity. So that's one option that a lot of people don't. They always think, oh, let's go ahead and fix it with, you know, um, you know, Sensodyne or something like that. But sometimes you just have to go to the surgical route, and that's what I come into play. Okay, but that's the last option, by the way. I mean, I know it's crazy that a periodontist is telling you that your last option is surgery, but it is. Last option is surgery, okay? Last question, and then I gotta go, okay? Because I honestly need to still hang on my wife. Why should I consider dental implants? So there's multiple reasons for dental implants, right? If you have lost all your teeth, you need something to basically grab your denture. That's what dental implant would do. If you have one tooth that's missing, and you don't want to shave the teeth in front and behind it down to do a crown, or to do a bridge, then a dental implant is perfect because you're not cutting down any other teeth. You're not sacrificing any other tooth for, uh, to complete the, uh, you know, or, or to replace in this scenario, okay? Another thing too, if you say, you know what, I don't want something that comes in and out. A dental implant is also really good, okay? There are some people that I actually tell, you know what, don't get dental implants. And the reason why is because of the fact that maybe you have a crown in the front tooth, and so you have a missing space, right? You have a tooth, a missing space, and another tooth. Maybe you have crowns on both of those teeth already. And I just say, you know what, take those crowns off and do a bridge. I will tell you that. Unless you are really against taking those crowns off and doing a bridge, and I'll say, okay, cool, get a dental implant. But those are the only times I really recommend a bridge. And I'll, I mean, unfortunately, you know, insurances pay for bridge more than they do for dental implants. I know. Again, insurance is not your friend. Let's be real. But if that's what you're that's what you're dealing with, then you're coming out of your pocket for the dental implants. And I'm not going to pretend that dental implants are not expensive. But they also don't have to sacrifice other teeth to make it work. And then, you know, they always say, well, you know, we guarantee that your bridge is going to last you seven years. Or To me, it's crazy because dental implants can last you a very long time. I personally have a dental implant myself. Um, when I was a little kid in Ghana... My cousins and I, it's funny, I just actually spoke to my one cousin that actually caused this, but we were little kids and we were playing soccer and he tripped me, he fouled me because I was good. He tripped me, I banged my front tooth on concrete, broke it, had a root canal, after a while it failed, I had to get a dental implant. I did it when I was in dental school. It took me about a year or two because I had to build up the bone and everything. But I would never sacrifice two teeth, two healthy teeth, just to get uh, a missing tooth, you know, taken care of. I would never do that. So for me, I just could not imagine doing that. But I can't speak for everybody. If you're okay with that bridge, you're okay with sacrificing two teeth, then go right ahead. But I just can't personally do that, and I can't recommend anybody doing that unless you have no other options, okay? But anyway, I hope this helped. I did it by myself. I hope you guys like this. If you don't, then I'll just get Dr. Kreda back on, and we didn't, and you can pretend that this episode never happened. But I definitely appreciate you guys listening. Keep sending the questions. I hope that I answered all the questions that you guys had. And I thank you guys for listening as always. I'm sorry we weren't able to put something out there last week. There's a lot going on. You know, we had storms in Houston and it was just crazy, right? So don't come to Houston. Go somewhere else. 
But anyway, be safe if you are actually dealing with the rainstorms and everything up north and in the mid uh, Central America America area. Just be safe. We know Houston gets rained on a lot, but just make sure that you don't you know do anything stupid. Stay at home. Enjoy the time with your family. Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there. Truly, and I say this without you guys, it would not be us. We appreciate the hard work. We appreciate the sacrifice. Not everybody, I know you should have every day be Mother's Day. We don't say this enough, but we definitely appreciate the sacrifice and what you had to go through to even have us here. And I have a big head. So my mom, truly, I appreciate you the most because I've had a big head for a long time. So how you did it, only God knows. Enjoy. Peace out. Thank you for listening to Tooth Be Told. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at realdentist with an S at gmail.com. That's realdentist, R-E-A-L, dentist with an S at gmail.com. Remember, the opinions on this podcast are just that, our professional opinions. The final decision about your health should be made by you and a trusted dental professional.